0: Attention, if you're an Eastern whitetail hunter with dreams of hunting elk, antelope, or mule deer out West, but are overwhelmed with the knowledge gap, look no further than Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class features professionally produced courses taught by the world's leading outdoor experts and can be consumed on your phone, computer, or TV. Visit OutdoorClass.com and start the process of making your hunting dreams come true. Use discount code EMPIRE20 at checkout This is the Houndsman XP Podcast.
1: Good dog, get that get that in
0: here. The original podcast for the complete houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there. Yeah! Yeah! Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe, from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth.
2: Yeah, so how many
0: many days a week can you spend every day?
2: As much as I can, to be honest with you. Anytime that I get, I'm I'm out there.
0: Join us for every heart-pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll
2: tell you like I tell everyone else. I'm going to hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here.
0: Yeah, this is pretty tough to release this podcast. This last week on February 7th, I got a message, text message that my good friend and um, fellow houndsman, Larry Anderson, passed. Larry was um, one of those guys that really made an impact on my life and um, it's a sad deal that he passed so young. It was unexpected. And um, I just want to pay tribute to my friend Larry Anderson and No Tellin' Blue Ticks. He lived in Gibbonsville, Idaho, originally from the Flathead Valley of Montana. He's a professional guide and um, built a pack of blue tick hounds that were no doubt the real deal. In fact, last year at the APA Breed Days in Greenville, Tennessee, some guys were talking and they were asking if they if I had ever seen blue ticks that could perform on bear and lions. And without hesitation, I said, "I know where there's a pack." And they were Larry's. I've spent hours and days with these dogs and with Larry in the Rocky Mountains, catching bears and blue ticks. And I think it's just fitting that a guy that dedicated so much of his life and his time and his passions, that we pay, pay tribute to him. Larry wasn't just a friend of mine. I, we we worked together in the Flathead Valley and, and uh, got into the construction business together there for a summer. And... Basically, what I did, I lived with him and his family for about two and a half months. His wife, Jamie, and her parents. Um, It was a great time. We've logged thousands of miles on the road together. And um, I just feel like we need to pay some tribute to a good friend of mine and celebrate Larry's life. This is a podcast that he and I recorded on an actual bear hunt. It's live action. It's right from the front seat of the truck while we were hunting. And um it was originally released a couple years ago. But I just want to put it out there again. Larry's one of those guys that um I think he probably have more best friends <laughs> than anybody I know. He he um he was just that kind of guy. We met through Gary Robertson of Carnivore TV. I'd, I'd sent a message to to Gary and asked him about who had some blue ticks that that were really turning the crank on on big game. And Gary just immediately referred me to Larry, and I dropped him a message. I found him on Facebook, dropped him a message, and before you know it, we've got a hunt scheduled. Net- Never meeting each other now, mind you. We had a hunt scheduled in Condon, Montana. Uh, I can't remember. Three years, four years ago, five years ago. I can't remember how long ago it was now. But our plan was to meet at a cabin and uh, hunt from this cabin in Condom Montana our, our wives both bailed and said no way I am not going we have no idea who who you're meeting here but but Larry and I met up and man I'm telling you what from there the magic started and um, it was just a bond between Larry and I that that um, has been pretty unique in my life he, I, I could pick up the phone and say, Hey, you want to chase bears in Arizona? And I would drive 20 hours that way, that way. And, and he would drive 17 hours from where he was at. And we'd meet up in, in Arizona and chase bears. No questions asked. It was just an opportunity. And, um, I just saw Larry a couple weeks ago. I, I called him and said, Hey, I've got some Some uh, seats available at the American Bear Foundation. He drove through a blizzard, or at least treacherous winter road conditions. I'm not going to say a blizzard. That's over-dramatizing it. But he did drive through treacherous road conditions to get to Cody and um, to spend some time with me. I got to see him a couple weeks ago. It was a great time. We went through the uh, Buffalo Bill museum there and Cody and attended the banquet together and, and drank some yellow bellies as he calls them, yellow bellies Coors banquet beers together. And, um, the deal with the deal with Larry is like, you didn't have to take care of that relationship every day. You know, there wasn't any drama. We could go a month or so without talking and we just pick up like, like we always did. And, uh, if you didn't listen to this podcast the first time it was released, I hope you'll take some time and listen listen to this one. This one's for you, Larry. Until we meet again, buddy. We'll keep them in the woods down here. Keep them tuned up. You scout that hunting ground on the other side for us. And I'm not carrying a bunch of bait from that damn jawbreaker that you thought you got a good deal on. We'll see you on the other side. In this episode of the Houndsman XP podcast, we are taking you to the mountains of Idaho. We are going to put you in the truck with us as we cruise the mountain roads, hoping for a rig strike or to find that bear track. We are black bear hunting spring time in the Idaho Mountains, and I've got with me an epic Houndsman, Larry Anderson. And we are going to talk about his no tell 'em blue ticks. As you listen to Larry's story, there will be no mistaking his passion for hounds and hound hunting and living the houndsman lifestyle. Larry absolutely demonstrates extreme performance in hounds, and that's what makes him such a great fit for the Houndsman XP podcast. But Larry's become a very good friend of mine, and uh, you're going to get an opportunity to ride along with us and just listen to those conversations that happen as we drive around and listen, uh, look, look and listen for that rig strike. So you're going to really enjoy this. It's real time. It's going to be. Uh, there's a lot of surprises in this one. So I want you to sit back and enjoy this conversation that we're going to have. Wow. Yep, you're going to get a little bit of feedback in it just because the connections are bouncing around a little bit. I'm not sure. And I think our Garmin's um, interfere a little bit and gives us that little bit of that little
2: blip, blip. Oh, yeah, I can I can hear that little
0: zzzz, zzz. Yep. Yeah. But, yeah, we're, like, flying the space shuttle through Idaho right now. A
2: little zippity doo
0: Got the headsets on.
2: Well, not too far from the snow, so hopefully we can cut a track. I don't, I don't know what that little blip is. I don't know what you, that is. You think it's from the GPS output? I can move it, maybe.
0: Well, I don't know, but it ought to pe- keep people awake. <laughs> you know, it drive people drive people nuts. Yeah,
2: like what the tarnations of them guys doing out there?
0: That's right. So we're cruising through a place in idaho that we're not going to talk about where we're at because we don't want to see every other hound dogger here we're all about people coming out and hunting and supporting hound dogging and all that stuff but they need to find someplace else to do it right <laughs> no tell them ridge <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're with larry anderson and uh larry has uh i've known you for a couple of years now but we've We've learned to tolerate each other pretty well, I think.
2: Oh, yeah, we get along pretty good. Yep. Yep. no Man, that is just driving me crazy. That little bleep, bleep, bleep. Well, it seems like it's going faster. It's like an old telemetry box or something. Oh, no. <laughs> We're, yeah. you running, are you running beep, beeps?
0: Uh, no, no more. I think there's a power surge in our thing here. So just hang in there because I think this is going to be a pretty good podcast. We're actually, we've got dogs collared up and they got their heads hanging out pretty crappy day it's too too crappy to work so we want bear bear hunting
2: yeah i can't work in the rain and snow but i could definitely go bear dogging in the rain and snow right right so we're just i don't know it's probably the bears aren't going to be moving real good but uh i got a feeling if we get up above six thousand feet we'll get into snow and if nothing else may hopefully find an old track that we can work or something but right you never know if you don't if you don't go, you definitely ain't gonna get them. So yeah, uh, so this give her, see what happens.
0: You're not gonna treat him sitting on the couch in the cabin, that's for sure. No.
2: Hopefully we don't end up with too much of a rodeo because I forgot the tire chains. It's summertime, so I wouldn't really think you'd need them. But
0: summertime when we're going up into the snow, it's kind of spitting snow right now.
2: I was up on the pass this morning. It was over six inches of snow, so. I imagine once yeah. we get up here we'll be into the same
0: <laughs> you you tried to go to work
2: i tried to go to work yeah it?
0: you tried to go to work and just you know hey you
2: can only do so much yeah i mean the pass wasn't even plowed i threw it in four wheel to get up on top and i was just like yeah
0: <laughs> so so yeah how much how much effort did you actually give it i mean when when a guy when a guy's a a bear hunter in idaho and Kind of look
2: for excuses not to go to work, don't you? I always look for excuses not to go to work. No, we especially got
0: especially in bear season. We got a little gate here. Yeah. Let me well, jump. I, let me jump out and get this. Sing my song while I'm getting this gate.
2: <laughs> uh, let's see. Hopefully, he knows how to open a gate. Wrong side. Yeah, he's got it going now. He's like a real cowboy opening a fence. Well, I don't know what I just ran over, but hopefully, nothing important. Oh, Chris, he's like a like a real cowboy opening and closing gates. Look at him go! They locked him out in the rain. Man, Chris, you're like a like a real
0: cowboy. I'm just not riding in the middle. We need. Uh, if I was riding in the middle, I'd be like the real cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> that way, you don't have to get the gate. Yeah, man, I don't know what that I don't know what that bleeping is. Let me let me let me unhook just here here just a second, man. We're getting interference bleed over for something that's uh that's causing us a little bit of headaches here, but uh, let's just roll with it and put up with it, I guess. So, um, how long you been, how long you been, you you've lived in Montana, you lived in Montana your whole life, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Born and raised Montana, Northwest Montana. Uh, yeah. Finally, finally got out of there and moved to Idaho. Right.
0: Yep. Yeah. Why'd you move to Idaho? I think that's an interesting story.
2: For bears bear dog and a lot more hunting opportunities there's a lot it just seems like there's a lot more freedom in idaho than there is in montana anymore
0: you grew up there so you know I, we've had this discussion off the podcast but it's hard to leave leave your home and and move your family and
2: no it, it is but sometimes you just got to do some changing do something different, you know, so, uh, yeah, my still good in a lot of ways, but I think for me and what Jamie and I do and like to do, it just makes more sense to be in Idaho. Yeah, you yeah. Know? so, uh, but yeah, just like it, enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I think we ought to do. I think we had to do a little contest with this this bleeping. The, f- the first person that sends us how many bleeps, how many of these little bleeps we get in a minute, I'll send them something like a window decal or something. This is just hang in there and see how long into the podcast this thing lasts. But daggone. I don't like it much, but yeah. I mean, you're 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 transferring over here. You you found your place in Gibbonsville, and tell me what you said about it.
2: Oh, that's it. That is. Just real pretty. There's no, hardly no people, and it's uh, pretty awesome. There's no cell phone service. There's no, can't pick up a radio station. There's, there's nothing but beauty here. So,
0: um, how are you going to keep up with your social media profile, Larry? I mean, you're you're uh, a high profile guy. There's I a got, mule deer buck. Yeah, nice muley
2: buck. Well, I gotta, I gotta go to town and work. So I mean, I can, I can check on, make sure social media is still alive. <laughs> uh, it's actually nice. I mean, you get home and relax and just sit on the porch and eat your New York steak and listen to the crick roll and Yeah. You uh, didn't
0: just say New York steak, did you?
2: Yeah. Sometimes it's hard to find a ribeye around here. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Yeah,
2: sometimes you got to take seconds, you know. Yeah. But uh no, it's just it's just peaceful. I mean, I just I finally found like a place I can really call home, you know, like
0: that's what you said that stuck with me is I found some place I could call
2: home. Yeah, no, it's uh it's wicked pretty. It reminds me a lot of the little town I grew up in, Alney, Montana. About twenty miles north of Whitefish and it's beautiful up there too. And you get you know, big old timber and you get a lot of snow in the winter and
0: That's where we broke Gary Crow.
2: That's where we broke Gary Crow.
0: Yep. We told that story in a previous podcast about breaking Gary Crow. But... uh yeah,
2: That was a wild ride.
0: Yep, yep. man, that was a crazy day anyway. I mean, it was just freaking... The, the ice was so bad. When you guys brought the... I was on the epic trash race, recovering <laughs> dogs, and on foot, and I uh, thought, well, heck, I'm just going to walk them down to the trucks, and then I hear the side-by-sides coming with tracks on them on that... It was like a hockey rink coming down that thing yeah that was you guys are fishtailing game. coming down the ice the weather's the weather sucked and swan this year
2: yeah i know it was uh rain and freeze and rain and freeze and icy l- l- lack of snow and no lack of wolves it made it just it made it a pretty dang tough on like uh just pretty rugged but it's how it goes. It's cat yeah. hunting. That's just how the of, I mean, especially cat hunting. You're kind of in the you know, it's all about weather. And then it you know, when the wolves are wicked, wicked thick, you can't you can't really just road and hope for the best because the amount of wolves in that country is unlike probably anywhere else in the world. I mean they're uh unbelievable thick.
0: Yeah, I mean it was uh and so, this trail we're on right now is making my butthole pucker up pretty good. <laughs> it's barely a two track road, and it's only probably a 300 or 400 foot drop off the, off the driver's side. I've got one hand on the door handle
2: right now. Well, uh, it's basically you were just driving across the rock slide.
0: Yeah, basically, that's, that, that's what we are doing is driving across the face of a rock slide right here, which the rock is good because it gives us pretty good traction you know
2: it's as long as the rocks don't slip yeah
0: oh yeah there you go there you go I, I want to see you do that that 32 point turn right there on the face of that rock slide i'll i'll get out up here and watch you do it and, yeah. and let me get those two plots out of there too
2: yeah that probably ain't gonna happen <laughs> this is one of those roads you just keep go forward and you just keep going forward because you're not gonna back up or
1: turn around
0: exactly exactly <laughs> yeah so the wolf situation in the swan this year i mean we talked a little bit about it it seems like we're always talking about wolves when we're talking to western hunters but you know how the wolves changed change hunting and especially how well let's just talk about how they've they've changed hunting in general in the west
2: oh yeah i mean like in northwest montana it used to be pretty much the best of the west i mean we had more mountain lions and and bobcat and elk all over and deer and i mean the whitetail deer was unbelievable i mean giant giant whitetails i mean stuff like you see that comes out of you know ohio and illinois and all that kind of country but they're all
0: indiana don't leave indiana out
2: they're yeah they're all yeah public land deer i mean just right, i mean absolute giants i mean if you go if you ever in cow will go to the sportsman's ski house and see the bucks they got mounted i mean those, those deer were not uncommon you know, hundred and eighty-inch whitetails. I mean, just absolute giants. And I mean, it's hard to even just get an antlered buck anymore in that country. The wolves have just dominated. And you know, when I was a kid, you know, like South Fork of the Flyhead was just crawling with elk. I mean, it was amazing. I and mean, if you even hear an elk bugle or even see an elk track, it, you know, it's like you just hit the lottery. Right. And, you know, it's pretty pretty poor. You know, and then. You used to be able to just turn out on two, three old lion tracks and not even worry about it, you know, and now you find a lion track that's 20 minutes old, and then you spend the next three hours making a loop around it and hoping the heck that wolves didn't cross into the little wood block you're trying to hunt, because it don't take long to get dogs smashed by wolves. I mean, we turned out on a lion track that was maybe a half an hour old at the most, and dogs made it 700 yards off the road and wolves come in and start killing dogs and uh it was a pretty sad day my buddies lost dogs my, mine made it some for some reason but and you know i hunt with my friends and their dogs are like family to me too so
0: were they lagging were they were they just lagging behind what, what no, kind, of, what, no. kind, what, kind of, what kind of dogs was your buddy hunting
2: uh cameron blue ticks yeah
0: see yeah. that's why that's why because your dogs were so far behind
2: yeah it could be <laughs> It could be. I don't know. It's just, it's sad, you know, and, you know, everybody puts all the time into these dogs and to come up on them eating alive like that within seconds of turning out is, I mean, it was a hot smoking track and brand new snow. It just had quit snowing like half hour, 40 minutes before, you know. So, I mean, I mean, it was just a roaring race, you know, and then all of a sudden it just wolves come in and start killing dogs and we thought we were in the clear and there hadn't been any wolves in that area for a long time and they moved in like obviously during the storm or something i don't know if we just had a head-on collision but uh anyways it it's something you can't unsee once you see it you can't unsee it
0: yeah and i think that's what um you know the 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 whole anybody that's not a houndsman and that's what we're trying to do here—is bring more exposure to houndsmen, and I don't think people understand how much these dogs mean to us. And we see a lot—I see a lot of good stuff coming out of social media now. It used to be you saw a lot of stuff that made you cringe about about things guys were putting on social media, but I've I've seen an upswing on it. I think the I think the hound the The hound hunting community's finally figured out that we can't we can't we got to change our, we got to change the image and and we're not putting enough stuff on there about what hounds mean to us and I mean what, how would you have felt if you'd have got your dog smashed that day I know how you feel about your dogs Larry I mean you probably keep you keep as good a care as anybody I've ever seen of your dogs and and your wife Jamie it's a family project. How would you have felt if you would have got dogs smashed that day?
2: I would have been devastated. I was devastated just my friends losing dogs, you know. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we hunt together and we're all friends. And you see those do- same dogs growing up, doing better. So, yeah, it's uh, pretty rugged.
0: Yep. Yep. We're in the snow now, so we're going to be finding a bear track here. But oh, uh,
2: still, it's snowing pretty good. But hopefully, hopefully, there's a bear on the move someplace, mm-hmm. so we can either rig one or find a track and a cold trail and get one up and rolling, maybe. Or who knows?
0: You've got an old bait bait site that you're in up here for years, so you've hunted this this. How long you hunted this country we're in right now? Um, about four. Oh, we're gonna uh, have to get the freaking chainsaw, chainsaw out. Get chainsaw. You're using it too. I offered to stop and buy a chain yeah it's it could cut
2: butter with that thing maybe <laughs> it's pretty uh i think it hit some rocks last time or something
0: yeah it doesn't take long man you touch a rock with a chainsaw and it's over yeah no it don't All right, it let's don't get them. let's get this thing listen to our beeps listen to our interference beeps we'll be right back Space controls. We have liftoff, Houston.
2: Holy, temperatures are dropping. 34 degrees, 9 o'clock.
0: Yep. Alright, we're back on the move. I'm breathing like a. I need to stop eating. So- eating so many twinkies or something
2: yeah Jamie needs to quit making me so many cookies getting fat
0: i'm glad we didn't have to cut that out of the
2: way well i've done that one time already
0: yeah is that your is that your work right there (laughs) yeah
2: is it really yeah the whole the tree was so huge i hooked on with my truck and winch got it turned and then yeah it was a nightmare
0: yeah that sucker was like two and a half feet across its stump yeah, no, you no, didn't do
2: it with that chainsaw you got in the back I know no that. no I, I didn't do it's a little mini horse no I brought a real chainsaw for that deal. yeah yep but yeah I know it's uh...
0: so tell me about this line of blue ticks you're hunting and and uh well let's let's start out and let's let's go back and talk about how you and I met because I think it's kind of a funny story in a lot of ways but uh I I was talking to Gary Robertson and uh, Gary Robertson referred me to you. That was what, two and a half, three almost three years ago yeah. now. Yeah, probably we like started three years talking. Ago. And yeah. And just talking blue ticks and and uh, talking hounds and, and then before you know it we're never met each other and, and set up this hunt in the swan valley at this cabin that i found on vrbo and we invited our wives to go remember <laughs> yeah and they're like hell no i'm not going i don't i've never met these how do you know they're not going to he's not going to murder you up in the mountains
2: <laughs> just met some guy on social media we're gonna meet in the middle of nowhere nobody's gonna know if
0: something yeah. happens <laughs> yeah yeah and they're like no way our wives realized they were smart they we're like oh it's a hound dogger i'm going yeah a good opportunity here
2: <laughs> yeah it's like uh lord hates a coward it's that's just, right that's just, right. This is giver yeah whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen but
0: no it was a well again, you brought back up with you and and you brought scotty scotty parker scotty too hottie
2: yeah scotty's he's, he's a good kid man he's a lot of fun to be around and hunt He he uh he took the hounds and hound hunting like ducks to water he
0: he hadn't been hound he hadn't been hound hunting
2: that long. How long? Four or five years? Yeah, four or five years. Like he's always kinda of wanted to go but nobody'd ever take him and then I told him, I said, Oh, I'm going lion hunting, I'm gonna leave at two in the morning and if you're here at two oh one you're gonna miss the boat and he was there probably five fifteen minutes early and he goes, But you have really left me? I said, Yep. Yeah. I said, If I, if I set a time it's a time and I just go. Yeah. So and but no he's he's been a force he uh he definitely definitely is into it and loves to go and loves to watch the dogs he don't ever care to shoot anything or harvest anything
0: and and he's he's a hard charger too i mean he'll break trail he'll yeah i mean he'll do whatever you need him to do and uh you don't need to drive hey you really don't we can move that Oh, I can drive around. Oh, hell, Larry. I got, th- I got another do three- Don't freaking drive around that, son of a
2: gun. I got three inches.
0: N- no, you don't. <laughs> Get your ass back. We'll be winching this son of a bitch off this freaking mountain.
2: Yeah, we might be anyway.
0: Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to edit that part out. Uh, hang on. We'll be right back. we are still alive and we're <laughs> we are uh, we're not out of this one yet so this is what is exciting about hunting with Larry Anderson so here goes the chainsaw we're going to cut this out of the way and then we're actually going to have to uh, we're going to have to winch in front of the truck back up on the road so it's real greasy up here Oh, here, here's this, here's this epic battle with this, with the seal, MS-21, with a sloppy, dull chain. He's gonna pinch us all. Oh, heck yeah. Move that saw back and forth. It cuts better when you're, you know, doing the cross-cut chainsaw. Oh, he's got her. All right. So let me get off here and give him a hand. out of here putting on the gloves and uh by timus yep well you're trying to give me the whole western experience right there
2: oh yeah hang out with me you're gonna get a western experience i promise
0: that that wasn't bad oh. Not as, that was that was just another day in the life
1: there's a, there's
2: a reason to put airbags in these trucks.
0: There's a reason why they put seat belts in them too. <laughs>
2: uh, uh. Well, I'm not sure where we were at before about we went off the mountain, but
0: yeah, I don't either. But uh we were talking about Scotty, you know, pulling his weight, and and uh, that's important when you you're hunting in conditions like. And this is really pretty mild. I mean, it's not, it's treacherous, but I mean, it's not. Oh, it's not
2: bad, but no. yeah, you know, Scotty's—he's—he's he's, he's the houndsman. That, like if you're ever in a pinch and you're in trouble, he's gonna come. He's gonna get you. He's gonna find you. Yep. Yep. You know, no, no joke. And he—it don't matter how big the mountain is, he'll—he'll he'll conquer it. You know.
0: Yep. That's important to have in a, in a, hunting partner.
2: Oh man, yeah. Like there's no doubt that he'll be there.
0: Yep. I've been through a few hunting partners over the years, and. You know, guys that I,
2: there's, there's a,
0: I like hunting with a lot of different people. And, um, there's just, uh, once you find somebody that you can depend on, you got to foster that relationship. That's for sure.
2: Yeah, no, for sure.
0: But anyway, Scotty, Scotty shows up the cabin and I'm like, who is this hippie? (laughs) So he's got this, he's got this, you know, beard and and uh ponytail and and i'm like wow you know here we go (laughs) and then it was just uh it was just a good time from from there on out i mean he got out out of the truck laughing and i don't think we quit laughing until we left
2: yeah i know he's he's a lot of fun to be around and just you know like you look at him he looks like like you said like this crazy hippie or something (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> like he doesn't, he doesn't do drugs. He don't drink. He, but he just, he, he's addicted to the hounds, you know.
0: He's he's addicted to his family too. Yeah, you yeah. know, his, his his kids and
2: yeah, he's a good family man. Yep,
0: yep. I mean, he's just got a lot of
2: them tw- twin little boys, man. They they're wild little guys.
0: Is he? Are they hunting with him yet?
2: No, they're big enough. They're five, six, maybe now. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sure like oh it's coming yeah no, it's coming there they'll be going yeah all of his you know his girls older girls they've they've all been to trees and whatnot and, but.
0: yeah yeah so tell tell us about your family
2: oh well, it's just Jamie nine and and Breyer. I'm boy in the marine corps
0: yeah he's not a boy
2: no nah, i ain't a boy no more <laughs>
0: no i I got to, I got served with some of those mountain bred Marines, and uh, it they got a different energy to them as far as uh, the way they approach things and and do things, and you can depend on them. They there's nothing that they they can't do, and that's what I love about this Western culture. Is it's you guys are remote, and you know just like that right there. That's a what we just did winching the truck out. You know that's can be a bad day for for people back in my area <laughs> right. you know and for you it's just like another day yeah it's just
2: another day on the on the hill
0: yep but those those mountain bred marines are are just tough as pine knots and can go all day and and you know little things that that are a problem to other people just don't seem like they're that big a deal
2: right no hey Well, you grow up cutting firewood and bucking hay and fixing fence and digging hound dog trucks out of snow ditches and banks that you shouldn't have never been.
0: Like this grave we're getting ready to go up right now.
2: I'm not sure we'll even make it, but actually maybe I should put it in four low. It's kind of rugged. But. It's all warm and muddy. Been raining, raining. Now it's got four or five inches of snow on top. So
0: We don't have to go up here if you don't want to.
2: Oh, yeah. We'll be all right. We got insurance.
0: Good insurance, I hope. Oh, yeah. Don't want to be telling the story of the day you broke Chris Powell. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. So we're spinning all four tires now.
2: Huh? Maybe we won't make it up the hill.
0: There's a trail that goes down, isn't there?
1: Oh,
2: yeah. There's a good bear crossing up here, though. They, they like to go through, but I don't know that we're going to make it, especially since somebody forgot the tire chains.
0: Yep. I took mine out for, I, you know, when I left Indiana, I thought, oh, I'm not going to need chains. <laughs> And then I get out of here, and we we'll get into this, and and uh, just another day in Idaho at six thousand feet.
2: Yeah. yeah, no joke. Yeah, I don't. I mean, we might be able to hit her a few times hard, but I then we're gonna have to come back down off of it after I muck it all up. So
0: the going up, the going up usually doesn't. There goes a mirror. Yep, yeah, the, the old tundra. That break it? No, you're good. No, it's cool. it's it's a it's a Larry Anderson breakaway mirror.
2: My wife's probably already got an extra one someplace. She <laughs> she, she buys the t- turn signals for me. Yeah. Yeah. By the, <laughs> by the pallet, I think. <laughs> I think I changed out six tail lights last year. Yeah. Let's by, th- backing into stuff or my ass in sliding over and smashing into stuff.
0: Yeah. yeah and let's let's talk about Jamie a little bit cuz Jamie Jamie she's just awesome i mean she uh she makes sure we're fed and oh yeah no she she feeds, likes
1: feeds
2: us too much all the time
0: yeah everything from like the best breakfast burrito you ever you ever tasted to huckleberry pies to
2: oh yeah huckleberry pies are amazing and the cookies i mean the best cookies ever but man she's
0: and not only that, but she's she's a nursemaid
2: to how many puppies right now? Well, she, we got nine pups she's nursing and playing with right now. And, and uh, no, she's handy. She good at sewing hounds back together and fixing and mending them. And, and uh, I don't know how or why, but she puts up with me, so that's pretty cool.
0: And she puts up with me when I come out. <laughs> She puts up with me coming out and just dragging you off and and uh yeah. And then she likes to hunt too. That's oh, a cool no, thing.
2: Oh yeah, she loves to hunt. She loves to hear the dogs or her.
0: She killed a she killed a whale of a mule deer this last year.
2: Yeah, I know. She shot a magnum, thirty one and a half inch mule deer, just an absolute giant. It was a beast.
0: Yeah, no. Man, it's it's what you know, it's what uh people dream of
2: kind of deer people dream of shooting oh yeah I, like i kind of jealous i probably never get a deer like that in my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but no she did good and we we hunted hard and i mean put definitely put the days in but that mirror's kind of bad shape
0: but can't see, see, see out of it or what here, yep.
2: here let me I, gotta, I think i got it let's see Maybe don't. Oh no, we got the wrong side going. Yeah, I break everything.
0: There we go. All You're back are, at it we're now.
2: Back at it, we're back.
0: All right. All right, we have we have the space shuttle back in motion. It's wicked pretty right now, man. It's the snow the snow's hanging off of the the evergreen trees and piling up on this. What do you guys call this fence? jack pine jack pine fence yeah. yeah yeah there's a lot of stuff that you guys do out here that uh, makes a lot of sense i was telling you earlier you know i was going to build fence like this at home just because we've got a lot of shelf rock and it's just hard to hard to drive posts or uh, or dig a hole so let's talk about your blue ticks why do you, you've been in oh, i think that's an i and i hear i hear you know, it seemed, the thing that I hate is houndsmen that they pigeonhole or they stereotype different breeds of hounds, especially, you know, hounds that, that they're close-minded about about the ability of dogs based on their colors, and I've seen your blue ticks in action several times, and anybody that says blue ticks can't can't catch game haven't hunted with with the blue ticks you're hunting so what kind of uh tell us a little bit about them Larry how you got started in blue ticks and
2: well I mean I I always just thought they were pretty you know a long time ago but um I just heard about uh Dennis Upson in northern Wisconsin he runs uh old Vaughn and smoky river dogs and he put 40 years of his life into making bear bobcat dogs and so he got got a couple and tried them out and man they work good and and what do you like about them uh, they're cold cold nose and they're uh, fast-track dogs and stay put tree dogs honest tree dogs Um, great rig dog smart wicked smart they figure out unraveled bobcat tracks and all the kitty cat games that kitty cats like to play and um they're gritty enough to stick and hold and and do the things that you know like a bear dog needs to do and and uh so i've got a bunch of dennis's dogs out here and um he kind of got me set up with uh matt turner and and john gill and those guys all have heavy smoky river dogs and and so, you know, all those guys, it's hard work. I've kind of just got dogs from all of them and the dogs I really like and have the characteristics I like. i just kind of been breeding them back and forth. I like a fast track dog and I like a dog with a good nose and brain and athletic dog. I want a dog that's going to be on a bear from daylight till dark if need be, you know, and, and, and have the steam to do it all day. Right. I wanna be able to go catch another bear tomorrow, so I mean I like an athletic dog. I mean uh they're kinda of short eared long nose. We may be winching ourselves out of this hole. There's nothing to winch to here, so I know. hopefully not.
0: Um Just keep it in the middle.
2: Yeah, keep it on the high ground, hopefully. Yeah. Except for later, that's a big hole. But uh anyway. They're probably not the houndiest looking of the blue ticks before, far, but I like an athletic dog before a pretty dog, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't really care about ear spread or any of that stuff. I, I care more about an athletic dog that, that suits me, you know. But I mean, the dogs aren't going to suit everybody. I mean, once you cut them loose, they're not going to come back and check on you. They're just gonna go go find something.
0: And they'll be there when you get there.
2: Yeah, when you get they'll be there when you get there. I mean I've had places that treed lines and stuff I couldn't get get in there and figure out how to get in there for over twenty four hours and they're still bellied up treed. You know, the voice isn't quite there anymore, but they're still there and waiting on me. So that's good for an old fat guy. <laughs>
0: Sometimes, yeah, old fat guy. Sometimes
2: it takes me a minute to get there. It
0: it, it takes you a minute. It takes me a lot of minutes. <laughs> and and uh, I remember <laughs> the reason you got to high a high energy dog is because you're a high energy houndsman. And uh, the story I tell people a lot of times is is uh, when we were down in Springerville in the White Mountains doing that. Uh, sportsman for heroes hunt and remember lolo
2: yeah yeah we hooked the up horn, a, the horn the picker yeah
0: the guy like the epic horn hunters i think he's around 60 years old yeah and he's just he was fit i mean the guy was he spent every day in the mountains and and uh you could tell you could tell but yeah
2: he's, he's tough as a pine knot. you could just tell
0: yeah so we we uh we went on that we met him he found he had found seen a bear and uh we went he said come on down i'll show you where it was at and he walks walks us up in there and i got separated because mongo was i don't remember he was trying to get back across the road or do something i don't know and i got behind and i got up halfway on that hill had no idea where you guys were and uh so i bailed on you you guys had three or four guys with you so i bailed and beat it back down to the truck i knew where that was so we went through that thing we didn't catch bear on that walked all the way through but then later on i mean it wasn't 25 minutes later and we got a rig strike or, and and you made another epic walk but i remember you grabbing leashes and grabbing dogs and run i mean running down this trail to get your dogs in there yeah <laughs>
2: I'm like, how can he be running right now? We hiked a lot of miles that day, but no, I, I think you know. I think uh, we did 20. Yeah. I think
0: you did 20 that day. Yeah. I probably did. I probably did 12 to 15 on I, foot, but you did. You did a full 20 yeah, at least
2: hiking in between canyons and stuff yeah. where you can't get road. You know, between roads and trying to get into raspberry patches and get into bears that aren't getting rigged from the road and you kind of deal, you know. And, but um, but yeah, I know I I am kind of hardwired, and uh, I think my dogs definitely feed off me quite a bit because I I'm kind of I don't know excitable, I guess.
0: Well, you gotta be. So you, you gotta be, and that's the thing. I like hunting with guys that are energetic, and uh, you know, you get some. You start hunting with a guy, you can feed off of that. You know. Yeah. It's important to have positive attitudes and and that no quit attitude when you're out here doing this stuff if you get somebody that's whining and and dragging around and and uh stuff like that it just kind of takes it takes the wind out of everything
2: yeah no it does i mean that's we're out in rough rough mountains and rough weather and you know you just got to have the passion and want to be out here and if you're having a good time then everybody else will have a good time if you're Kind of sore about being in the slippery, crappy snow, and it just kind of feeds off everybody, you know.
0: Yeah. So. Yep. Yep.
2: So. It is pretty much a whiteout. You can see maybe 150
0: yards. I know it's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. It's socked in I'm, big time. I'm thinking the bears are
2: probably socked in too. Yeah, they're probably hunkered in, sleeping in the snowstorm. You never know. I mean, the rut should be still kind of going on, mm-hmm. so it could be a boar cruising looking for a sow. Who
0: Yeah. So tell us what it. Tell us what's like when the rut's on out here.
2: Yeah, but you, know, you just get a lot of bears moving, coming and going, and you'll get some bigger bears that come in. You know, from wherever they come in from. You know, the back country or maybe even out of state. It's hard to say, but. You'll have your regular bears and regular bears and regular bears, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, look at this big joker. You know, where did he come from? You know, it's kind of it's like the lions. You get a female that comes into heat. It's amazing. Like, overnight, this like you've been hunting the same area over and over and over and over, and there's no big toms. And then you get a female or two that's, and then boom. Like, overnight, there they are. Like, where would you come from? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's there's not a road we haven't chopped up in the last month and there has been no sign of you you know now you're here so yeah and i think i mean i think that's how it works with most you know when you see all these herds of elk 50 60 head and all these little raghorns and then as soon as the cows start coming in at your soul, next thing you know there's a couple mega bulls where they come from you know yeah where, where where they've been hiding at the whole time but. right right but no it it gets to be fun and it's kind of interesting because you you know you could have a bait and you bait and bait, and you got all these boars and stuff coming and going all the time, and then the elk calves start dropping and the fawns start dropping. And they don't, I don't care what I'm feeding, they just just walk away and start eating fawns. I mean, they'll come back and they'll drop a scat and little elk hubs or deer hubs in it, and there's something about them, the proteins or whatever. They'll, I mean, whatever, any kind of candy or meat scraps or whatever, they just they just go out and look for fawns and calves to kill
0: yeah i think it's a biological cycle they know what they need at different times
2: yeah it's got to be something like that because yeah I, I mean i've tried to feed them as the best i could feed them to keep them hold them tight and when that that time comes they just go
0: and we've seen a few fawns and we've seen i've seen antelope fawns and saw an elk cow yesterday with a with a calf and White tails with does standing out with sunken inside, so you know that they just dropped a fawn somewhere. So it's probably getting right there.
2: Yeah, I know. There's a lot of a lot of fawns and calves getting born right now. There's a pile of them. I seen a couple wobbly calves this morning. hmm Um, but yeah, those. So I mean, them them big boars and stuff. They're going to be out looking looking for some elk veal.
0: Right, right. And the th- the thing about bear hunting in idaho is baiting is still legal and as long as you follow the regulations there's pretty strict regulations around baiting in in idaho distances off the road and different things like that but it takes to to run a bait out here it takes some dedication
2: oh yeah i mean you got to pack it plenty far off a road and it's heavy and Idaho's steep i mean there's There's not really a whole lot of flat where you're going to be bear hunting. Right. It's mostly vertical feet. So, like, Idaho's a small state, but if if you flattened it out and laid it across the map, I mean, the thing would be huge (laughs) (laughs) because the the, the mountains are no joke. They're they're steep. Yeah. yeah. But it keeps you in shape.
0: It, It offsets the huckleberry pie and the cookies.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, it seems like I'm losing on the cookie thing. I'm getting... (laughs) <laughs> getting a dad bog going on pretty hard <laughs>
0: yeah when you sent me that when you sent me your waist size for your first light gear i was kind of like mm-hmm. yeah well, i'm not sure about that <laughs> yeah. i don't know about that one larry that might be a stretch buddy you better be planning on losing a couple inches maybe <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, let's be first light skinny jeans <laughs> <laughs> yep yep no it's
0: so back to your blue ticks you know how many how many generations how how many years let's start out with how many years you've been hunting this line of blue ticks
2: i think jamie and i've had these dogs this line for about 16 years now and we before that we tried about everything we had plots well never had plots but we had um some black and tans and mother kind of blue ticks and we've had walker hounds and red bones and all kinds of stuff so have you been hound hunting
0: since you were a kid
2: no uh been hound hunting for about 20 years is all Mm -hmm. so still pretty wet behind the ears but uh always kind of wanted to do it and then but when i wanted to get into it and like nobody would really ever want to help another houndsman they're like oh we got plenty of houndsmen we don't really need any (laughs) more." So, uh, I even got a short tail relative that had hounds, and wouldn't ever even take me. And I asked him some years later, I like, "Why wouldn't you ever take me?" And he goes, "I figure if you really wanted it, and it was in your heart, you'd get it, get it going, and figure it out yourself. And and you've done good." So
0: that's kind of a valuable. That's kind of an interesting thought process.
2: Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind
0: of like youth, youth seasons, you know, I'm all about getting kids and in, involved and in, in doing these youth hunt events and doing different stuff like that. But I really feel like as a community, as a whole, we're kind of missing the mark. You know, you, you we're setting everything up for them. I'll give you an example. We had a, we, we had a youth program that we started with the Hoosier tree dog Alliance and you get all these people that come out and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'll be involved and we can we can do all this epic stuff and we'll we'll get these prizes and we'll do this and we'll and all these volunteers are just running themselves ragged. And the kids don't have to do anything except show up. Right, yeah. And so I said we need to form a youth committee and let them learn how to do this. They need to understand the work that goes into this. For what they're doing and how they, you know, it doesn't just magically happen. There's work involved and there's people that are invested in them and, and we can mentor them because they're eventually going to have to be the people that are doing those sort of things. And how are they going to learn it if we don't make them carry their load, you know, during, during the youth events. And, and we, we'd done that a couple times and, and it seemed like the kids enjoyed it more and they had more satisfaction. And now some of those kids are, you know, in their 20s and they're leaders in their in their clubs or their communities. If they stuck with it. they stuck with hounds better than, I think the success rate. I wish somebody would do a study and see what the success rate is of the continuation. And and that's just for you know that's competition type hunting type stuff. But even with general hunting stuff, you uh, dad goes out and he sets up the turkey blind and he. You know, he does the scouting, and he spends, he puts the game cameras out, and he does all these things, and then opening day comes, and he's got the the shooting rest set up. And really, the, the only thing the kid has to do is show up and pull the trigger.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Like, out here in Idaho, though, you see a lot of dads and kids and, you know, little kids packing bait. I mean, I don't be able to pack a whole lot, but, I mean, they, they're all – putting in something yeah you know i mean and it's neat to see like you'll see a whole family and they might be just bait sitters you know but they're but they're all involved and they're all working together and doing stuff as a family like little kids are packing little tiny ice cream buckets of bait you know
0: yeah nobody gets a free ride no and
2: it and it's cool it's cool to see that here yeah yep you know the whole it's a whole family tradition you know, and hopefully, hopefully, it all gets to stay.
0: Yeah, I th- I think, I've, seems like I've been on this kick lately. But, you know, we talk about the pendulum of hunting in our culture, and I think we have seen it swing as far as we can. And oh, we get us a little strike, maybe.
2: A little bump. I wonder a little
0: bump. I don't see a track. Who was that, Jack? It was
2: Jack. He's pretty,
0: pretty legit usually. I'm surprised he outstripped my plot. Are <laughs> <laughs> you striking on deer tracks, Larry? He no, probably. I didn't see any deer tracks. I'm just kidding.
2: He could be. Maybe just let
0: me know he's still there. I don't know. Oh, well, we hit this switchback. He might catch it a different, different angle.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure how the thermals are working in this snow.
0: Yeah, and of course I left my the trick you taught me the wind checker i left it left it in my bino harness which is back in my truck of course because we were in a rush you show up you show up at 6 30 running around i see you pulling the driveway and you're running around the truck and i was like did you get rained out heck yeah man let's go We'll light them up
2: <laughs> uh yeah if i'm not working i'm gonna be in the woods no matter how crappy the woods are if it's yeah. raining rain and snow and, sleet, and i don't care i mean if you don't go, you don't get them. That's well, just how it is, you know. Right. Probably, right. Odds are probably slim about getting anything up and rolling today, but it's way slim if I just sit at the house. Yep. Yep. So I got lots of days to sit at the house.
0: Well, there's only one guarantee, one guarantee in hunting and being a houndsman is you're not going to catch game sitting on the couch. 100%.
2: No, not unless you have one heck of a nice piece of property. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just open the kennel door and and uh, watch your Garmin, right? Yeah, I'll just watch this. I watch lonesome. I watch this this series of lonesome dove until my dogs get treed.
2: <laughs>
0: Some of the hounds I've owned, you could. You, I think you could run through the whole. You could run through the whole series and you'd never have to get up.
2: Yeah, I've, I've had a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> yep i think we all have at some point but. yep how
0: many uh how many generations have have you and jamie uh how many generations of pups have you guys bred tell us a little bit about the the no tell'em no tell 'em breeding method here
2: well we're just i don't know how many generations but there's been quite a quite a lot i guess jamie could tell you she, i mean jamie could tell you every day that every dog's birthday and probably about the dang time they were born like 706 that one was 710 and that one was 715 and that one didn't come out until 9 a.m or whatever i mean she i don't know how she remembers it all but she don't. she, she, she didn't don't, she never forgets a home birthday she didn't write it down No, oh, no she's just got it in her head no she don't yeah she don't she don't have it written down. I mean, we got papers on them all, you know, but.
0: I was going to ask you about that here in a second. About But she, uh,
2: no, she just remembers, like, she's a numbers person. But uh, we just breed family line of dogs, and I like breeding the Upson line into the, like, the Ellis Blue gym line, you know, that Matt Turner and, and uh, John Gill and them, them guys back east have. They're super fast track dogs, and, but they're. There's we a, got a box shaker. Man, I wonder which way the wind's coming out of.
0: We got a strike, folks.
2: Well, there's got to be one here somewhere. I'm going to probably put a couple dogs down and see what we got. Yep. It's, uh, something's going What's
0: on. That, what are the plot lickers doing back there?
2: Eating my dog box trying to get out.
0: Are they? Yeah. Oh, good deal.
2: Yeah, let's turn a couple loose. See okay. Turn on. All right. I let's see, see what no we All right,
0: I'm gonna stop the recording right here. All right, so back at it. The wind's doing weird stuff.
2: Yeah, it's kind of in a box canyon. It's coming up and down and all around. But I'm sure we bumped a bear pretty hard right there, or a line. But
0: it could be. It could be at the bottom of this canyon. The way the
2: no tracks. There, it looked like an old snowed-in bear track right there. Honestly, right here. I mean, it's snowed way in. Uh, sliding off this hill here. Yeah.
0: Yep. Oh, look at that. I mean, that that looks.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's way snowed in, but.
0: Yeah, but it's uh, probably wasn't a lot of snow up here yesterday.
2: No, no snow yesterday. It's been snowing all night. Yeah, it's either, I don't know for sure. I think it's a, I think it's a young
0: bear. Yeah, looks like one that will give us a run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honda 90 right there. Hard to see how far he
2: is. Yeah. It's pretty snowed in. But.
0: We were uh, we were talking about your, your blue ticks and the way you guys are. So what are some of the things that you, you breed for, Larry?
2: Well, I like. Athletic ability, pretty much, one of the most important. I like brains, I like them, you know, to think.
0: Another box shaker right there. They're catching that things from somewhere. We only went about a hundred and fifty, two hundred yards.
2: Well, let's go up around the corner. I mean, they're hitting hard, but be nice to see a tracker. Right. I mean, that bear's definitely here someplace. place, hope we can get him lined out, but... Whoa, 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 whoa. No, I, uh, like... I
0: think that was just... It was just snow that fallen off a tree. Yeah, plop, plop.
2: Yeah. Um, No, I, I like... I mean, I like a good nose, and most... I like athletic ability. Uh, I mean, I like running bears way more than I like lions. So I kind of breed more t- geared towards rigging dogs and...
0: How important is grit to you? So a lot of people, you know, we talk about grit a lot. How important is it?
2: Well, I mean, I, I like a gritty dog. I mean, I like a dog that's going to get in there and and work. Uh, and I've, I've put probably maybe a little more effort into the grit than I probably should have because I'm kind of getting to the point where um, I think I'm just breaking the threshold of the right amount of grit. I mean, it, it's all fun and games, you know, to have a lot of grit and then your dogs are tore up and you know, so I think it's I need to back off on the grit department. I mean, I like grit. I mean, I like I'm a sore loser, I guess, so I like catching what I turn out on. Right. And uh, if if the bears aren't having a good time on the ground, they're going to find a tree. Mm-hmm. But if they're just back cheerleading and and doing you know if they're not even getting close it, you'll still catch them nice, easy little bears, but if you're gonna have success on bears you you need you need some hair pullers, you don't need cheerleaders, but so i I probably have put more effort in the grit than I'm kind of getting to the point where I need to kind of maybe back off which a little bit
0: which dog have you got that's uh you would consider your grittiest dog
2: yeah jack jack he's he's a little over zealous and you know he's got scars all over him, but um, and he's usually really smart. But you get into some of this deep snow and stuff like that, and they just don't get out of the way in time. But um, but Jack is Jack's a force. Um, his mom Dixie, she came from Dennis Upson. She she was a wicked gritty dog, like wicked gritty. But I mean, you know Dennis put. 40 years of his life into breeding for well, we got smart. Going down. What kind of track? Deer track, Snowden? I think it's a in deer track there. Well, it's got to be a deer and the dogs are striking hard on it.
0: Yeah, look at the plots. If they're striking, then it's probably a deer.
2: Yeah, they're being quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Trashy blue dogs. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, I just, my, my heart's in the running bears. I mean, I, if you get good snow like this, I mean, you can catch lions with the... With, you know, if you had a good poodle, you'd be catching some lions. Right. But, you know, I mean, when the snow conditions are perfect, it's pretty easy. But, you know, you get weather patterns that are tough. It's it's nice to have a dog that can work some dirt and go across south-facing slopes that are burned off and stuff like that. So I like to keep keep nose, especially when I'm line guiding. I kinda, if I find a track, I need to kind of catch it for the client, so... I need to be able to work dry ground and south-facing slopes and.
0: Yeah, you've you've you bear hunted from all the way out of here in Idaho. What's farthest east you've bear hunted? Wisconsin. Uh, yeah,
2: Wisconsin.
0: Yeah. What's the difference in hunting out here and hunting in
2: Wisconsin? Well, here our, our weather's a lot nicer and.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks like
2: it. You know, it's uh... Well, usually, it is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's you know, cold in the morning it warms up in the afternoons and stuff. But like Wisconsin, you just wake up, man. It's hot. It's humid. It's it's, it's flat, you know. But it, it's swampy. It's growing. it's got its
0: own it's got its own challenges. Oh, it's Do you need brilliant. a different type of dog?
2: No, no. I mean, that's where my dogs mostly came from is Wisconsin. Right. Um. But i don't know wisconsin's different i mean you gotta have a dog that likes water and swamps and but i mean the thing is is we got their deer track here you get a you get bear scent in their nose and they just go it doesn't really matter what country you're in yeah if if they got the heart and want the desire they'll go
0: yeah looks like we're going to be getting the chainsaw out again yeah yeah good thing i filled that
2: thing up before we left
0: When we get back to town, is there a steel dealer in town?
2: I got a file someplace. I'll find it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to sharpen it, or otherwise, you're going to keep hounding me about it.
0: (laughs) You get the file, and I'll sharpen it for you. That's Uh. how much.
2: (laughs) This one's a green one, so it might take a minute. Yeah. I'll push the pause. All right. Back
0: at it. I'm telling you what, if you don't sharpen that saw tonight, I'm just going to hand catch a beaver. (laughs) <laughs> and put it in the truck.
2: Hold them down, make them cheer. Yep,
0: yep. Uh, Their game's up, and moving around a little bit. Those yeah. are pretty. Those are pretty fresh deer tracks there. Yeah, yeah. They were snowed in a little bit, but there's about what is there? Seven or eight inches of snow up here.
2: Yeah, there's by seven eight inches. This would be good. Good puppy training for lion hunting. That's
0: what yeah. I'm looking for.
2: We could puppy train it for a fresh fishy bear track. yeah, yeah,
0: so will the bears stay up high in this I mean are they gonna move low and
2: yeah' they're just they're just wherever they are right now, I mean,
0: wherever they are is where they are,
2: yeah, I mean they're not gonna're not gonna change what they're doing, it's just for this <laughs> little bit of squall, no, I mean they're they're used to uh right. Right. right now, they're just living where they're living. The cells are where they're at, and the birds are not far behind them. I'm going to imagine they're probably hunkered in somewhere, but it quit snowing, so who knows? Maybe they'll get up and cruise around looking for something to Some, eat, I don't something know. Something to chew on? Hard to say, but... yeah. But, no, I mean, you know, my dogs, they... They can be a little bit rammy, a little hot. You know, fish if you run bear all summer, the first few lion races and
0: the of fall which,
2: are Pretty interesting, Oh, That's uh, a deer track. They can be pretty interesting. They can miss a lot of corners. They want to run fast to the head on the fly Yeah, <laughs> let's
0: talk about that let's talk about that adjustment from, from you know, ramming bears all summer when you have to switch over to lions. What's that like?
2: i mean the first couple trips is like it's almost embarrassing like you don't want to <laughs> you definitely don't want to take a client out lion hunting and they are gonna be like what in tarnations are these dogs even gonna catch anything yeah because they they're all wound up tight and they and they want to run and they and they're looking for the action you know and so the first couple races are always just interesting you know they they miss a lot of corners and take some Ten times long to catch a line as it should. Uh, How long does it take you to get them dialed back in? Just a couple of races, and then they're like, "Oh, it's winter time. We're back to gearing down and slowing down and paying attention, and you know." And then they just they just file right back into where they were. But the few, the first few is just like I said, it's embarrassing. <laughs> 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 but it is what it is, you know. I mean and and they're hot, they're naturally kind of hot dogs. I mean they they want to run and and, and that's kind of how I've kind of been working with the breeding. I, I want a dog that's athletic and wants to run. Like really wants to go, you know. Yeah. 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 And uh you know, first and foremost, I like catching bears more than I like lions, so I put more effort into the bear aspects than I have the lions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so getting back to the grit, grit thing, it seems like that. Uh, you know, you get you got two plots you're gonna be hunting all summer, and uh, it seems like grit is something that plot breeders talk a lot about. But we kind of had a conversation about you know east versus west, and I like your opinion on it. What do you think? What are you thinking? let's kind of rehash that
2: conversation a little bit on the on amount of like this country and territory or yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I think this open country i think dogs can get a lot more speed and steam and circle a bear and work them a lot easier per se than places that are just wicked thick and you know a bear come back into a briar bush or whatever and the dogs can't really get around is right it's just a frontal kind of thing and yeah like out west here I mean we do have some thick country but it's not it's not thick like Wisconsin it's not thick like you know the Virginia stuff you know I I mean I've never been out to Virginia but I've seen videos and and talked to folks out there that are real bear hunters and stuff and I think I think we have it kind of made out west because it's I – mean, we mean, we definitely have some thick, crappy spots. But. Well,
0: I think every – it's like Shorty Gorms said when we recorded a podcast with him. Every place has its challenges, every single place. I mean, here it's – Um.
2: It's wicked steep, Yeah. wicked, wicked, like rock slides and shale slides. I mean, they just – you know, that's how Jack broke his foot. I mean, he was going across the shale slide on a bear and – The rock started rolling and crushed his paw and broke his foot. You know, I mean, Uh, you know, no matter where you're at, there's definitely tough conditions. Laurel thickets,
0: thorough laurel thickets in the, you know, western North Carolina mountains are are a lot different than, than what you have here. If we get down in some of the low country, I mean, you've got some pretty thick stuff down in some of this low country, but up here high, you know, I can see. 150 yards pretty you know see the ground 150 yards out there and you just don't get that in north carolina but right i guess what i'm getting at is is there aren't any easy bears there there aren't any easy bears anywhere because it's just a deal where uh if the bears aren't everything's got its challenges is what i'm trying to say
2: oh yeah no, most likely i mean most definitely i mean it's Whether you're in steep country or just blow down jungles that dead tipped over, you know, lodge pole stands or whatever. I mean, there's always hard no matter where you go. But I I think out west you have, or spoiled because we can, the dogs can really circle up a bear and work a bear Mm -hmm. and make his life not good, you know. But like in Wisconsin, man, some of that stuff is just wicked thick.
0: they just back into it, same way at the laurel thicket, they back into, you know, up against a a good laurel bush and dogs basically have, you know, just a couple options to get in there to work them. And
2: yeah, the receiving end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. So,
0: yeah. But yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of times, um, I've heard it said, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of emphasis put on grit back East, you know, to the point that that, uh, I'll just say it. I mean, the two plots I have back here are, are gritty, you know, they're, but they lack, they lack some of the locating ability I'd like to see. Right. Um, and I think that is just lack of exposure. Once they get some more bear races under their belt, uh, they're super, super wicked smart. You know, Mike collie has been breeding this line of plots for years and I'm not I'm I've been very happy with them. They've just got a lot of tools to work with and but I don't think I I don't think you're going to be um lacking the grit. We got another box shaker. That's kind of wrapped around the other side of where we were.
2: Yeah, it's hard to say, I mean way these thermals are and the way the snow is i don't really want to go too hiking too far unless we get one rolling
0: (laughs) right yeah we need to see a track crossing this road neither one of us brought our gators have you got your gators
2: Uh, i might i actually i probably got a couple pair because i i usually got a couple pair behind the seat in case clients don't bring them or don't want them or until we actually are out hunting and then they're like oh man i see why you need gators (laughs) right right yeah i'll
0: be i'll be borrowing a set
2: yeah i'm sure if i dig around in this truck i'll find us a couple pair of gators yeah but, um yeah yeah no i'm excited about them plots and give them a try and work them this summer and uh see how they go
0: yeah and i'm excited to leave them out here with you because you know it's it's one of those deals larry i mean we've hunted hunted the swan a couple times we hunted springerville we're hunting bear here now we talk all the time you know you I think it's important that that guys make contacts. It's just it's it's good to have good friends, and I uh, yeah, I appreciate your sure. friendship. I really do. I mean, I've had a blast every time I've hunted with you, and and uh, I think if I told you I wouldn't leave until August, you you might cringe a little bit, but you'd be okay with it.
2: Yeah, no, you're more than welcome anytime. <laughs> no, you're you're always welcome. You're you're a good friend, and and uh, always have a good time. Even if we're not catching cats because the weather's rainy and crappy, but we we get out, we have a good time, and, and that's a huge part of of hound dogging. Really, I mean, just getting out with the dogs and enjoying company from a fellow houndsman and friendship, and and uh, if you if you get something, you get something. To treat, that's icing on the cake. If you don't, well
0: we had a great year the first year in the swan
2: oh yeah i know it, it was uh just the snow conditions were good and the cat movement was good and, it was
0: uh, it was belly button deep and and oh. uh, the cats had to move to to eat and, and feed and and then we had scotty too hotty to break trail for us
2: yeah we that last cat we treated down holy cat swamp bottom there and we stepped in that beaver slide and I mean, shit. We were I disappeared. Up to, up to our armpits, you know, like just our heads sticking out. I mean, that would have been a cool picture if somebody would been back. You know, it's like, look at these guys. It's just their heads sticking out of a snowbank. Look at know, these
0: idiots. Be more like it. Look idiot. at They're going in there following hounds, and they did this. They, they volunteered to do this. Yep, yeah, yep. for sure. And and if we were, if somebody told us that was our job, we'd be like, mm, no.
2: I don't think so. Man, nah, I'm not right. going to do that. Well, we're going to get turned around here because, like, past this it's pretty much roadless and the one road that it does go in without tire chains if we got a dog going that way we'd be we'd be going all the way back to town to get a set of chains so
0: yeah like you say that real casual like we'll be going all the way back to set it yeah oh <laughs> you're you're saying if the truck's not stuck
1: if we're not <laughs> stuck
0: and then buried burying the truck and we've buried some we've buried some stuff a couple times
2: oh we've buried A lot of stuff and broke a lot of stuff (laughs) uh we buried this side by side of tracks twice i mean bad bad like the one
0: yeah the time you about cut my head off with the the with the winch Yeah, yeah that was that was epic and i knew but that was much my fault i knew better than to be standing where i was standing and i knew when you you took the angle you took with that winch cable I was suspicious right then. I was like, uh, oh, that's a pretty steep angle to be trying to winch something out, but
2: we really didn't have a lot of other options. Yeah, there wasn't a lot to pick from there. It no. Was kinda and the crappy thing you find out later there was two dead there was two logs yeah, laying there. Yeah, we found them then, this we found them this winter. Yeah, and there was two so there's two trees laying there and the track was between the two trees. Yeah. And so it was wedged in there, but it was so much snow that we couldn't you couldn't see to see what we were jacked up on and this year it's like oh no wonder why <laughs> yeah <laughs> no wonder why it was such a pain in the butt to get it out of the you know and that's why we broke the cable and everything else because we were stuck between two trees
0: bro. yeah and then we're then we're tr- we get past that we get up over the top and you're like oh man this snows deep this snows this snows deep I've, I've never got this thing stuck before um but man, this snow's deep, and then we just let off the you let off the gas a little bit, and that sucker sat right down on the skid plates, and we were done.
2: Yeah, that, yeah, you get them tracked up side by side, stuck. It's. Uh, it was an epic dig, man. Oh yeah, no, it's it's for real. I How got, deep
0: was that? I've got pictures of it.
2: I don't know. It was probably close to five feet, I think. I, I don't know for sure. It was. We
0: but, dug it all the way down to the till we saw grass, and
2: yeah, it was uh, it was way bad
0: and then like you say we hit her hard one time and you came out of it
2: yeah hit her hard one time
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and then we then we got the truck stuck last year this past winter up in the i don't remember which were we a punch creek
2: lion creek Line yeah. Creek? yeah it's just hard because it's freezing and thawing and freezing and thawing you know 50 some oh, degrees that's... in the day and then gets rock hard frozen at night and then you get those layers of crust and the ice underneath and that's it, really
0: it, the only time i've ever seen you seen you mad when, w- when we stuck that truck it was uh and i think it was a combination of things that the dog's feet were cut up from the couple tracks we did try to run and the weather wasn't cooperating and and just some other things going on there and and uh, slid that truck off the road and
2: yeah, we slid it off and I centered on that the bank, you know, and like the uh the actual the shoulder. And uh actually I I smashed my oil pan and uh Oh, you did? Flashed my yeah, it, uh flattened my oil pan a little bit and then it broke the seal. And so I didn't realize you did all that. Yeah, I didn't either. So I went to get my oil changed and the guys like, "Hey, uh you kind of got a shitty leak under your truck. Your oil pan's <laughs> leaking pretty bad and I'll change your oil, but I don't know how long it's going to stay in there. But I, luckily, like guess it was cold enough; it didn't burn up nothing. But uh, but yeah, no, I got a brand new oil pan and all that good stuff underneath here from that, from the, from that little adventure.
0: This goes this goes back to prove my point that I always say: don't buy a used truck from a bear hunter. Any
2: hound dogger, man. Any, yeah. I mean, any hound dogger that's hunting. I mean, if if you got Idaho or Montana pinstriping all over your truck. Definitely don't want to be buying a no truck from that no young guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll see. I'll see a rig on on the advertised on the internet, and I'm like, "Yeah, buddy, I'm staying way, way, way away from that vehicle right there."
2: Yeah, yeah Duke's a hazard. They don't have nothing on a on a bear dogger. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I think uh, I don't know how long we've been recording for. But you got anything you want to tell the hound world? The Houndsman XP podcast is the most listened to podcast. We're the first, the original, and the most listened to. And uh, uh it kind of started when you, when I was in Montana with you the first time. We were, Remember, we were working on it. We talked yeah. about it then.
2: Yeah, talking about it then. And now it's... uh It's way cool, the Houndsman podcast, and um, where I live, there's no cell phone service. There's no internet. There's no, I can't even pick up a country western on the radio. I can't get, and so for me, it's awesome. I just download all the podcasts and then, you know, cook some dinner and listen to podcasts. You don't even have TV right uh, now. Yeah, there's nothing. I mean, sit on the porch and listen to the river and listen to... Uh, Houndsman XP podcast, and um, you've had a lot of cool people on your podcast and uh, a lot of valuable information that's came, you know, uh, shoot them feeding thirty twenty dog food now, and I never really gave it much thought before. I mean, dog food's dog food, you know, as long as it's decent, you know, your dogs aren't going to die, but uh, you feed them, you know, it just makes sense to feed them better food than... and. It's just you, there's a lot to learn from your podcast and it's and I think it's helpful for a lot of people to listen to and take the bits and pieces that you want want and throw the rest out the window you know but I mean at least it, that information and and views from other helmsmen are out there and it, I think it's a pretty pretty cool thing
0: yeah well, I appreciate that and and I've always appreciated you and Jamie I mean you guys have been supporters of the podcast for a long time and and uh, telling people about it, from ordering T-shirts to to um, you know your Patreon supporters now, and just I really appreciate all the support and the friendship you've given us. And uh, you know, one thing about I did find a book in your house, and uh, kind of piqued my interest. I found the book called "Scent" by Richard Syrrettuck
2: right yeah uh, uh
0: dr persall and maybe sire wrote uh sin and the sending dog but persall definitely was a contributor on the scent scent book where did you where did why did you pick that book up was it from the podcast
2: i believe it was yeah i've got God. quite a few different hound books there um you know just to read and, and try to learn you know i've just learned on my own and kind of a free you know free spirit out here in the woods and, and reading to learn my dogs but i think there's knowledge out there that's being shared if we just pick it up and look and read and, and uh and maybe you i think all of us houndsmen could learn something that's and, the coolest
0: and, thing about be, doing the podcast is i get to learn i get to le- i learn stuff from every person that i go hunt with sometimes it's learning what not to do but sometimes it's you but, know
2: yeah that's half of it there I mean trial and error
0: yeah and and we make we make uh, I think we make better progress on our learning when we do make some mistakes and uh, but I learned something from everybody I hunt with you know it, I don't care if a guy's twenty six years old and he's been hunting for. 10 years, you know, I've been hunting almost hunting hounds for almost 40. But you can always pick something up if you're not close-minded and and uh, you know, it just there's no sense in being close-minded in this
2: thing. No, it there's just there's lots to learn. Like scenting conditions is just one of the most bizarre things, you know, like it, this winter we had a brand new lion track with a tom and a female and and you know, it was fresh snow overnight but it was bitter cold i mean it was i don't know by negative five maybe ten i don't know it was cold and the snow was squeaky and it was the track was probably only like maybe seven eight hours old it was brand new like any dog should have ran it right but the dogs wouldn't even look at it we came back about five hours later and it was about 30 degrees and the dogs ran it like like it just had crossed the road you know And Mm -hmm. and then they had a treat and an hour you know i mean but several hours earlier they, they just looked at me like i was stupid you know it's sitting conditions are just just weird sometimes have you know? got to read that book sent, book called saint yet i've just barely started reading it but i will uh, read it from front to cover and, and see what i can pick up you know and, and see what i can learn and
0: it really dives into the uh, kind of the biological side gotcha you know the how it works you know you already knew you you came back and tried it in your opinions okay so let's let's talk i want to know what your opinion is of why your dogs ran that five hours after you originally found it when it was like squeaky brand new shiny track
2: yeah i think it was just froze down i mean it had some hoarfrost frost in it and um i think it was just froze down just too cold too frozen what'd you call it what kind of frost Horror Frost,
0: are we allowed to say that on the podcast? I'm pretty sure.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I'm probably not the most politically correct. So you uh, you,
0: we've done pretty good. Not too. I've terrible. got one spot I gotta I gotta edit out when you about slid us off the mountain. But other than well, that, that, was it,
2: your potty mouth, not mine. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I. Uh, but no, it's just interesting. I mean, it's just stuff that you learn over time, like. So you think that, do
0: you think that track was frozen in and then once, once you that little bit of, was it sunny that day? I'm kind of interested. Yeah, no,
2: yeah, it got, it, it cleared off. It was wicked clear and that's why it got so cold, bitter cold. But then the sun came out and started melting the snow and was actually kind of slushy. And yeah, And the dogs just fired out of there. I mean, like, like shot them out of a cannon. I mean, they yep. just, just fogged the track. And like I said, like an hour, I mean, boom, done, treed. You right. Know, and in right. the morning. And uh, they just, they wouldn't even look at it.
0: Uh, if you read the, I'm not going to spoil it. I think I've got ai think I've got a theory and it's not like I'm the guru by any means. I've just uh, cracked a book here and there and had some experience with sending dogs and working dogs as a canine handler, stuff like that. But we'll talk about, it. read the book and then, and then uh, we'll talk about your theory again and see what you think.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: but that's what I'm. That's what we're trying to do with the podcast. Is man, the, you know, you don't always have to watch a, a YouTube video, a, a two minute video of of a guy catching a bear. And I I love all those videos. You know, my buddy Calvin Redhouse put some awesome videos up, and
2: he's and, a wicked videographer, man. He's way good.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I love it, and it's cool great course. for exposure. Yeah. But every once in a while, we gotta learn why it's going on. Learn, and I I think it will up your success rate and it'll it'll connect it'll connect some dots that's what i'm trying to say you know because if we come out here in trial and error it's like we learn a lot but man when you can when you can dial that in and and kind of know exactly what's going to happen you know what if what if you'd have found that frozen in track and you'd have decided to spend three hours walking the track out and trying to get your dogs into it and and you know you you could have wasted a lot of time and a lot of energy on that whereas whereas when you know what's going to happen you're like "Eh, we'll come back and try that later and that's all based on experience from your vast experience of being out here and doing it at time and time again
2: yeah my brother-in-law's with me he's just like we're not gonna walk this track out i'm like we're way back here in the side by side nobody else has even been around so we'll just keep you know chopping country up and see what else we can find and then once it warms up, we'll go back and put the dogs back on him. And he's just like, that don't make sense. And I'm like, it don't, but that's what we're going to do. And right. <laughs> and we went back, and he's just like, oh, be golly, look at that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He goes, it's like the lion just ran across the road. And we know, we found it at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, you know. And here it is, 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock in the afternoon. And, and you know, like I said, like an hour, man. Boom, done, treed. And we tre- ended up treading it, like, 100 yards off the – the main road you know?
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah <laughs> so it was like a five minute walk to the tree oh you know? uh, those are you great know? yeah <laughs> you i want p-
0: lazy bears and short run lions that's what i like
2: yeah that's perfect
0: yeah yeah and lots of them lots of them yeah so i mean you take stuff like that like when i started hunting i was a lot of the old timers that i hunted with and stuff they knew that sort of stuff about scenting conditions and and what their dogs could run and what they couldn't run and I guess I'm a why guy. You know, why can't they do it? And then when I started, when I went through canine training uh, for the state, they started talking about these theories of scent. And I remembered what some of the old timers told me. And I thought, ah, oh, that's why. But they had found out just by trial and error. And they've put dogs on, you know, tracks like that. And back east, you know, you see a coon across the road and and you want to, you're tempted just like, dump the box, you know, let's get that pup, get a pup out. And they run around like they've never done anything in their life, losing their minds. And and the old timers will tell you, you don't need to dump out on that track. You know, go up the road, turn around, give it a few minutes, and then you can run the track. But if you see it cross the road nine times out of ten, your pup's not, or an old dog, is not going to be able to run it. But if you give that time, but why... The thing that I think we miss is, and I've heard even seasoned houndsmen talk about this. They think the scent comes from that foot track, and that's just not the case. It it comes from their whole body. You know, it's a living organism that comes off of the body, and we have it. Dogs have it. Every living thing has it. Right. It's, it's uh, and and when you can understand some of that, then it it makes sense. And I like things to make sense. I guess I'm I'm just hardwired that way. Right. So,
2: why things work the way they do? Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: Yep. Well, hey, I don't know what else we're going to do besides record podcasts, but if we don't find a bear track,
2: yeah, kind of limited without chains. It's just kind of a monkey mess up here, but
0: so far, so good. Other than one to almost slide off into the abyss of that tree, would have stopped us so.
2: Yeah, I think we still would have been on, on our side. <laughs> uh it's all good though. I mean it is what it is.
0: Yep. Yep. Well Larry, I'm glad to be out here with you and, and spending some time. We're gonna have a good week of of hunting. I'm glad you ditched work today to come out here and ride around and, and uh we'll give it we'll we'll give her our best effort here.
2: Yeah, I know, I'll just keep bounce it around and just see what we can turn up i mean nothing else to do besides hunt
0: yep yeah
2: i wouldn't have it any other way anyway so
0: we could do something like put new metal on your building
2: that sounds like work <laughs>
0: <laughs> i like this better too i like this better too
2: there'll, there'll be better days to do some metal work yeah i hear you then when it's snowing and raining and stuff dripping off the roof And all that, so Right. Right.
0: Well Larry, if we get up here and the plot lickers decide to hit a bear track, it's hard telling what you're gonna get. You're gonna have fun hunting these two dogs. No, I think I will.
2: They're they're easy to be around and they're they're nice, kind hearted dogs and they'll make so yeah.
0: The reason the reason I shave my head is because I got tired of pulling my hair. (laughs) So you're gonna—they're gonna try—they're gonna, try gonna try your patience, just like every young dog will. And and uh, but while I'm out here, Larry, you follow your hounds, and I'll follow mine.
2: Sounds good.